This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, we talked about it in the previous episode this week, Matt, but uh, very happy to be joined now uh, by our latest contributor, our newest contributor, Derek Klassen, who, of course, uh, you could find his work on Twitter, QB Class, but he's been doing all this uh, quarterback charting for us, man. And uh, I know you share this sentiment with me as well, Matt, but I'm, I'm stoked, man. I- I'm pumped to have his content on the site now. Uh, yeah, I said this to, I might've said this on the show eh, who knows what I'm saying at this point anymore, but I might've said this on the show <laughs> earlier this week, but I know I said it to, to Zach Miller, our, our, you know, rock star stud, uh, web manager slash Jack of all trades. Yes. Uh, I said, I was like, dude, I don't know if people think about this, like when they see all of the data that I'm collecting, but I saw, you know, all the data that Derek is collecting from quarterbacks. And I was like, Holy shit. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is a lot of work. And, uh, you know, no, it's just, it's good to be right. in the company and good to have, uh, Derek in house at reception perception, you know, another sicko like me who not only is putting all this work into charting, uh, the film, but you know, is also able to, which we're going to do today, like explain it in a way that it's not just some like nameless, faceless conglomerate data provider or whatever of, of all this, but you know, somebody <laughs> who can actually like tell you the nuts and bolts of what's going on. Correct. All right. So with that, we welcome in Derek Klassen. Uh Derek, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here now actually getting to talk about the NFL charting because the, the other episode I was on, we only really had my college stuff that I had done right. before, but now right. we're, we're into the, you know, what, what, what I got brought in here for. So it's, it's very exciting. Man, it's good stuff, and and I'd love to talk to you about the quarterbacks uh, from the college perspective. But but you're right. Now we get into the we go from college prospects to guys that are you know established in the NFL, guys that have uh, you know been in the NFL for a while now. Um, and, and some when we were talking about this yesterday, getting ready for today's show, uh, I said, give me three guys that you think um, you know maybe kind of gave you some surprising findings. Uh, and the three guys that you brought up, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Geno Smith. I- I'm really interested to dig into that Geno Smith profile. Uh, but let's start with Dak. Uh, and I know the Cowboy fans are, you know, that, that listen are, are going to go crazy for this. But what did you find with Dak Prescott? So even before I, get, I dive into the charting, the thing I love about Dak Prescott is that he is a gamer. Like he hell or high water is going to make some of the toughest throws on the field. Um, and he does it with so much like pre-snap, like you can put anything on his plate post-snap. He is just like the quarterback's quarterback. And a lot of that kind of shows up in the charting, which is which is why I kind of appreciated what his profile became. I think the most interesting part to me is that he had a 55% success rate um, on throws against closed windows, like, you know, tight window type of stuff. Um, and he did it at a very high rate. And that's partly because, you know, Michael Gallup didn't really have the same juice that he used to. Kellen Moore scheme, it's okay, but like it does have some static routes in it, and that can be a problem um, in terms of like getting guys on the move and getting them open and stuff. You need a lot more timing and stuff, which Dak is good at, but it really put a lot of stress on him. So what was so interesting to me is that they put so much stress on him in that way, both from a personnel standpoint and from a scheme standpoint, 
and he was phenomenal. Like he can just put it in a keyhole better than just about anyone in the league. Not necessarily in that like, oh my God, 40 yards down the field like Josh Allen, but just like throwing a dig route, throwing a corner route, a tough seam ball. Like there just really isn't anybody who does it better than Dak. And I think seeing that in that specific number was really cool. And then you even look at some of the specific routes. Like he was one of the better corner throwers, one of the better dig throwers. Uh, He was really good on outs and comebacks. Like he just, a lot of these throws, especially outside the numbers, even for a guy who doesn't have, he has a good arm, but he doesn't have, you know, a Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes type of arm. The fact that he can make all of those really, really difficult throws outside of the numbers, that to me is just a quarterback's quarterback. That's a big boy. And so I, I was really pleased to see his profile kind of represent what he really is as a quarterback. You know, Derek, it's funny hearing you say all this and like, um, I, I do at different points want to ask about like wide receivers and how they overlap with these specific quarterbacks. I think that's where like our data coming together can be really useful. Uh, like the Josh Allen, Gabe Davis one I posted on, on Twitter yesterday, I thought like made a ton of sense. Uh, but right. specifically with Dak, like, it's interesting, right? Because wouldn't you don't you feel like he's a guy that has evolved to that point? And I feel like he's not gotten enough credit for evolving to that. Like, I love how you say a quarterback's quarterback. Like that that should be the tagline for Dak Bros, like Dak Truthers. That that's <laughs> that's the slogan right there. He's a quarterback's quarterback. Because at different it, early in his career, right, he was kind of a guy that was viewed as like a caretaker. They had this great run game, but. I almost feel like a lot of the reason that, you know, he led the league in interceptions last year, which I'm sure is what they're talking about every morning on ESPN, you know, is like that he does have that high degree of difficulty, kind of maybe lower percentage heat map or or like quarterback assignment, I guess, more than people give him credit for. Would would you say he's kind of like evolved into that player? Absolutely. And like he had some of it like in his rookie season, like as a rookie, they kind of gave him a lot of autonomy pre-snaps so like he could check in and out of runs and like they were doing a lot of that stuff. And you don't get that from a lot of rookies, which I thought was impressive. But in terms of what the scheme was asking him, no, you're right. It was a lot of he was kind of a caretaker. It was really just like get the ball to these couple of insane skill players that we have lean on play action, lean on the run game be part of the run game. You know, I think people maybe don't remember that he used to be a much bigger runner than he is now. Um, And so the offense was definitely different when he was younger, but he's definitely grown into being like, you can get into empty and he's going to do everything you need to do. He's going to set the protection. He's going to like call an audible. He's going to, you know, throw against the hot route, all that sort of stuff. Like he just, he's developed from being a guy who could kind of get you in the right play and generally do the right things to like, you throw out any concept, any type of offense, you could stick him on any team in the NFL right now, and he would be able to run their offense at the highest level. And it's just, there really aren't that many guys that have that level of of acumen anymore. Like, it's just really hard. And then you throw that on top of a guy who isn't the best athlete, but he's a good athlete and he can scramble. He has a pretty good arm, even if it's not elite, and he can do a little bit outside of the pocket to like create and stuff. Like, he's one of the best guys within structure and then has just enough to get over that like creation type of stuff that he's just, to me, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's, he's so phenomenal. Okay. So let me, let me go back to that whole pressure stat that you dropped there, right? So 61.4% success rate on pressure dropbacks. That was tops among all of the elite best signal callers in the NFL, right? So it was Dak one, Josh Allen two, Justin Herbert three. Again, just among just among the the top, the best of the best when we're talking about quarterbacks, 61.4% success rate on pressured 
dropbacks. All right, let me ask you a couple questions and, and, and give you, uh, I don't know, just my, my overall opinion on Dak, right? Which is, you talk about his, his pre-snap, you know, reading the defense, making the checks, making all the right calls. He's, he's a pro's pro, for sure, 100%. I think maybe, uh, what would you say to some of the critics that say, okay, well, after the ball is snapped, though, the processing speed isn't quite there with all of the elite guys, right? Um, and, and again, maybe this kind of plays into he didn't have a lot of wide receiver talent. But part of it maybe is he's not coming off of that first read that he thinks he has in the pre-snap adjustments. Am I fair in saying that? Or, or do you think it's just, again, centers more around the offensive scheme? And the wide receiver talent. I think it's a little bit of both. I would say it's to me not a processing speed issue. I think it's just a sometimes he is absolutely certain that he is right. And like at the very highest level, like Peyton Manning could kind of be like this. And that's why he threw as many interceptions as he did. And obviously that's the most extreme example of a player like that. If you want to go a tier below, like Jameis Winston was like that. We're like, he is a smart quarterback. It's just sometimes he's thinks he's smarter than he is and is like unwilling to budge. And I do think Dak has a little bit of that where it's like, it's, it's kind of the gunslinger mentality in the sense of like, he thinks he's right. He thinks he's seen everything that the defense is going to throw at him and he's just going to believe it and he's going to throw it and he's going to believe his guy is going to go win. And sometimes he's wrong, which I don't think actually happens all that much because especially before this year, he didn't really throw all that many interceptions. He had one of the lowest like career interception rates before this really wonky year. Um, and then I do think, especially last year, like there were instances where he's so aggressive and willing to throw a lot of these routes that can be hard to win, like a comeback route or a dig route. Like those aren't easy routes to win, no. but he's so willing to just like rip one to Michael Gallup. And like, that's cool when, you know, three years ago when Michael Gallup was one of the, one of the, when he was a better player last year, he just wasn't winning those routes consistently. And Dak was like, screw it. I'm throwing it anyway, because <laughs> on the chalkboard, this is the right yeah. throw and this should be open, but it just wasn't at the rate that it, it, it should have been. So I do think Dak has like, again, it's not to me a processing speed issue. I think it's just a little bit of one, he's, he's throwing a lot of high difficulty routes and concepts on top of a little bit of stubbornness. And so like, that's where you end up with this. That's where you can end up with what happened last year in terms of his interceptions and stuff. That's a really good explanation that I hadn't considered in terms of like mm -hmm. why he, you know, kind of had those, the higher interception totals this year. And, you know, you mentioned some of the throws that he's really good at, like comebacks and, and, and kind of those like the curl routes and the dig routes and stuff like that. Those are big time CD lamb routes too, right? Like 83.3% success rate on comebacks for CD lamb. Um, they actually don't have him run those routes as much. Uh, I feel like that would actually be great if he was running those more. They have CeeDee Lamb run a ton of post routes that are kind of those – they open things up for the, you know, little Dalton Schultz hitch route. But, you know, come on, maybe we could maybe we could do a little more. Um, certainly should have – you know, certainly should have some more uh, available options this year. But I, I wanted to ask you one thing about, you know, you mentioned Kellen Moore's offense, Derek, and how it can kind of be a little static with the route um, combinations. This is a little bit off topic, but – you, what's your level of like concern with we might get into week five and week six and the Chargers offense looks a little too much like what we were seeing last year with Kellen Moore, uh, what, what we got with Joe Lombardi. It's going to look different, but is it going to evolve enough? I'm hoping so because like Kellen Moore is in a weird spot where I think overall he is a good coordinator and like he'll um, do a pretty good job of like mixing up his personnel. And I do think he does a much better job of tying his run game to his play action game and to his pass game than – uh, than Joe Lombardi did. I mean, Joe Lombardi's 
the way they package not hard not hard to sale. get better than than what joe was doing in terms of <laughs> dialing those two together yeah like right. it just it's so it's a, it's a little bit different and more advanced there but there is still a lot of like they run a lot of curl routes they run a, they run a lot of hitch routes they run a lot of simple like out routes where it's very like the quarterback just has to know pre-snap and he has to play with perfect timing and play with uh perfect ball placement the good news is like Justin Herbert can do that. And we know that like if he could do it in a worse version of this offense with Lombardi, I have faith that he can do it with Kellen Moore. What I'm really just hoping to see is like, can they find a way to stretch the field? Because that was obviously a problem with Dallas last year. Right. Is they didn't really have a guy who could stretch the field. And that kind of constipated the offense in some ways, which I think was a problem for them. And that was obviously what we saw with the Chargers. So I'm hoping Quentin Johnson can kind of help them in that sense. And then I think they're getting Jalen Guyton back, which I think should help them in that sense. So I'm hoping they have enough to get there. I think if they can get over that hump, Kellen Moore will will probably be in a good spot. I don't know if they'll be, you know, immediately scoring 35 points the way that, you know, the the peak Cowboys offenses were. But I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad as the, the Lombardi offenses. I think when I was going through this Dak profile, Derek, I think what struck me was the fact that uh, you mentioned that Prescott was just so good in the intermediate area of the field. Um, 69, uh, 69% success rate in that 11 to 15 yard range, and then 70% success rate in the 16 to 20 yard range. I thought that's really good. And you mentioned that those success rates in that middle area of the field um, was basically tops from 11 to 15 yards out and then third best among all the elite quarterbacks from 16 to 20. All right. Now that being said, um, going over 20 yards. Okay. That success rate starts to plummet a little bit. Uh, can you explain that one a little bit, uh, for the, for the listeners out there and, and talk about the, that area in, in terms of his weakness in his game? Yeah, that one is actually, I think a more interesting segue to like a broader point where as I've, as I've done more of the charting, I mean, I'm almost to like 20 quarterbacks now, the 20 plus yard area specifically holds a little bit more weight in terms of like the receiver pulling, you know, pulling some of the strings and holding a lot of the responsibility there. And I think Dak was actually a really good example because when you watch the Cowboys offense, like they just don't have a burner like that. Like they had like T.Y. Hilton for like a couple of plays, which <laughs> when you're relying on <laughs> mid thirties, T.Y. Hilton, like off the street as your deep right. threat, not right. a good spot. And like for no. as wonderful as C.D. Lamb is, you know, top 10 receiver, the 20 plus yard range just isn't really what he does. And then Michael yeah. Gallup wasn't separating. So like, to me, it was a lot more a case of like, they were just really struggling to find ways to get open. I think when Dak actually had like good chances and his guy had even just one step on a guy, I thought he was pretty good. It was just a matter of like, sometimes you cook up a play action shot and you need to throw the post and it's just not really open, but you kind of got to throw it anyway. And I think that was really more the problem that Dak ran into is just, it wasn't as open as it needed to be, but at a certain point you got to force the, the defense to respect it. And so I, I do think Dak's numbers can be better next year, assuming, you know, Brandon Cooks, I think Brandon Cooks actually is really going to help this. Uh, Assuming Brandon Cooks is who we think he is, I do expect Dak to actually kind of jump up in this area. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so that's Dak Prescott. Uh, his profile isn't officially out yet on the website, but it will be out relatively soon. Uh, be sure to watch for that there. All right, what you can find on the site, though, is Joe Burrow. Um, again, I, I kind of want to break down his numbers because when I was going through the profile, what really struck me, Derek, is his success rates versus man and then his success rates versus zone. In one area, he was kind of sort of average. In another area, man, this guy was absolutely lights out. Again, explain to the listeners out there, Joe Burrow, man versus zone. When you watch Joe Burrow, he just has such an unbelievable understanding of like how to anticipate, uh, how to use his eyes to move defenders, um, all that sort of stuff. Like He knows pre-snap where the soft spots in a zone are supposed to be. And he just does such a good job of, uh, of beating it uh, both with, you know, I mean, his footwork is like incredibly crisp. Actually, that's like a weird tangent I want to make. When you watch some of the best quarterbacks, they actually do a really, really good job of like quickening up their footwork or taking shortcuts to where they can kind of almost segue a movement right into another one and quickly get the ball out. And Joe Burrow and actually Dak Prescott are really probably two of the best guys in the league at this, at like being able to shortcut stuff and and play a little bit faster. And that's, I think, part of why he's so, so good at making sure these zone windows don't close on him, even though he doesn't have the strongest arm. So that's really where Joe Burrow is just, is just unbelievable. And then against the man stuff, against man coverage, you're typically going to get tighter coverage. Um, just because of like the way that it plays out mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow kind of struggles with, with the arm strength thing. Like that's where arm strength matters is really just being able to drive the ball and making sure a cornerback a who's like in trail man coverage doesn't undercut an over route or, or something like that. And that's a little bit where Joe Burrow struggles. He just doesn't have the zip to do it consistently. He's not, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league or anything, but when you stack him up to these other elite guys, that's just doesn't really have that club in his bag. He doesn't have the driver. And with the receivers too, like James and I have talked about this a lot on the show. I think that Zach Taylor should get a lot of credit for evolving this offense and kind of pushing it along, especially last year. I think they did a really good job about that, but the route concepts on this offense, Derek, they're a little like, (laughs) they're a little base. They're a little basic, right? I mean, they run a ton of go routes. They run a ton of, yeah, they're, they're pretty old school. Like a lot of like, our guys are better than your guys in man coverage. You cannot cover Jamar Chase. You cannot cover T. Higgins on go routes, on post routes, you know, some of these deep out routes. But it is a little – it's almost crazy that Joe Burrow and, you know, thrives so much in these situations from, like, a production standpoint because it, you're right that, like, the, the arm strength isn't always there. So is there anything that, that, like, the coaching staff can do to sort of help Joe Burrow in these situations when he is, you know, hopefully forever, but definitely right now, you know, paired with these two monster receivers on the outside. Well, that's actually where I think the Joe Burrow discussion gets really interesting is I think, and I tweeted about this a little bit when I finished uh, charting Joe Burrow is to me, the next step for the the Cincinnati offense. And like you guys have said, they've done a good job of evolving the offense from when Joe Burrow first took it over a few years ago to what they are now, especially like getting it more in the gun and really embracing all that sort of stuff. Um, especially compared to like what the offense Zach Taylor came from. 
the thing is, I think they probably need to get back to Taylor's roots a little bit and like be a better under center, you know, run the ball kind of team, be able to do a little bit more play action, be explosive that way instead of just like, hey, Jamar Chase, be bigger and faster than the other guy. Um, because defenses just aren't giving them that as easily anymore. So I think they need to be able to kind of get under center and stuff. The thing is, like, I just don't think Joe Burrow likes that. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to be under center. Right. He doesn't want to take those deep dropbacks. Right. He doesn't want to turn his back. Um, and that, in some sense, is fine because he's so incredible at everything else um, that it works for them anyway. And they've clearly found an offensive formula. And we've seen other quarterbacks function like this. Um, like Ben Roethlisberger, the late career kind of Ben Roethlisberger, who was still good. Yeah. But, I mean, they were like almost exclusively shotgun three and four receivers we are slinging it around the yard it actually feels very very similar to that and so I think to me like the next step schematically for them would be like find a way to get Joe Burrow more comfortable um in that kind of under center turn your back a little bit just trust it and rip it that sort of thing a lot of quarterbacks don't like that right I mean that was the Mm -hmm. push and pull between Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan the first year they got there it was it was definitely a you know situation of strife with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur where, where they had to compromise a lot. So it is interesting. A lot of these quarterbacks like, and yeah, but I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was the poster boy of like, I'm not compromising at all. <laughs> yeah, there's no meat in the middle. We are not doing play action and we are not doing, we are, we are I'm going to be in the shotgun, man. So I think that's interesting. A, a point, the point about like what happens next with Joe Burrow. I think that, I think that'll be interesting to track. It was so weird too, because Big Ben actually did well in play action early in his career, right? Right. When they, when they yeah, they pounded that rock, and man, he would just uh, he would rip those play action plays. That was great. Um, okay. Yeah. When uh, he was like two eighty, you know, and he was like two hundred eighty pounds and couldn't move anymore, you know, he's know. like, I'm not taking, I'm not turning my back to the defense getting lit up like that. Yeah, I, I get it, buddy. I get it. Um, all right. And then the, the last thing that you talked about was uh, his uh, basically his success rates outside the numbers. They didn't look that great. Uh, and maybe that part partly is uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with uh, his overall arm strength. And, and that's to me, it's an interesting one, right? Like he knows his game really well. He knows his body really well. Um, doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but man, he does make it work. But some areas where, man, you just cannot get away from the arm strength thing, and, and that is certainly throws outside the numbers. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is if you go and look at his profile on the website, he's like green, I think, in like post-dig, curl, slant, like everything that breaks to the middle, he's fine because the, the receivers on the outside do such a good job of creating space in the middle, and he's so good at anticipating right. and all that stuff. But all the throws like outs, comebacks, like even I think like flat routes, he's not that good at because it's a lot of like, yeah, you have to just drive the ball on a line. Um, and it's not even just like being able to, to get the velocity there. Like a lot of the times when you watch these throws that are outside the numbers, especially like corner routes, you really have to be able to blend velocity with like a good arc on the ball. Yep. And a lot of guys who have the, the weaker arm strength, they can only kind of end up doing one or the other where they either throw a floater kind of like Matt, Mac Jones does a lot or old Phillip Rivers, or you have it like um, some guys will really just try to get everything they have out of their arm and really gun it and put it on a line. And then it just misses and has like a bad ball flight. Joe Burrow kind of struggles finding that line. And that's why I think he can struggle a little bit throwing some of these routes. I, I do think in a lot of ways, his anticipation helps him make up for it. And that's where he can get to like, okay. And so it's not like completely debilitating his game, 
but it's definitely, I think, the weakest part of his game right now. It, it is yeah, really yeah, I'm, interesting I'm, too, uh, <laughs> Matt. Sorry, sorry let ahead. me just jump in. But when, but when yeah. you look at his route chart, man, it's like it's everything so funny. <laughs> that's in breaking is green, <laughs> yeah. right? And the corner and the out are red, and everything else is just league average, right? So it's like it, it's very interesting, man. When you look um, at the route chart specifically, and by the way, go to the website receptionperception.com to go check it out. But um, really interesting stuff when you just take a look at it visually. Uh, what's going on going on with Joe? But Matt, go ahead. I was gonna say because I'm I'm looking at my other screen right now. I've got Joe Burrow's success rate by route chart up and Jamar Chase's route percentage chart up from his reception perception profile. Like, I mean, if you love football and you're not you're not loving doing this, I mean, I, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> what are we doing here? There's no touching grass this summer, boys. There's only nope. looking at route charts. Um, like, I, I, Jamar Chase. Post route percentage, 3.1%. Dig route, 8.5%. Curl route, 10.7%. Like, and those are some of Joe Burrow's best routes, according to Derek's yeah. data. Like, I, James, I was not as – You got to run Yeah, we got to run them more, man. I mean, because yep. Jamar Chase can can win on those routes. You know, I'm, I'm looking, and, looking and, at that too. And, I mean, Jamar has even told exactly. me – he even said. He even said he yeah, Jamar more routes. Jamar told me at the Super Bowl that his favorite route to run – is that they call it a blink route in this offense where like it, you're, you're selling go, 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 and you stop, you cut and you, you hit that like curl route, the deeper curl route. Like, and it's only 10.7% of the, the, the routes in the sample that I've got on chase. So um, James, I was not as critical uh, about the offense as you were when we recorded the Jamar chase episode, but now pairing this with, with Derek's work too. <laughs> and look, we're talking about like winning on the margins here. This is already a great offense and a yes, great team, and a great unit, exactly. but taking it to the next level where you win a super yep. bowl maybe is like, it, I, I don't know. I'm, now I'm a little more convinced looking at these two charts side by side. All right. So there you go. Um, and, and again, all of these uh, profiles, if they're not up, they're going to be up on the website. Um, and man, you talk about a value add to, to the site. It's not, we didn't increase our prices, by the way. <laughs> no. Subscriptions are all the same, guys. You know, So uh, crazy value add here uh, with the quarterbacks.